Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you wore shack. Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kinda known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politic and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. To the underground for what is the date this is where are we in june june 14th 2021 june, june 14th i'm joined again by my friend and confidant joseph nations emphasis on the confidant <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man how you doing man not bad not bad uh I think we had talked earlier, but, you know, a lot on my plate right now, but it's not crazy on my plate, you know? It's not a hectic thing. It's very much a fulfilling full plate. I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Got you a nice steak on there yes. with a uh, another steak on it because we don't eat potatoes and vegetables <laughs> in this household. I love potatoes. Only meat. You, oh, I love them too. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe probably too much. Uh, I think potatoes yeah. and sour candy. I have a terrible sweet tooth. I think those are the two things that they're kind of my vices, especially candy. Because potatoes, you can kind of be like, well, you know, there's carbs in that. If you're looking for something to kind of fill you up and, you know, you're not overindulging, it's probably fine. But mm-hmm. it's the the candy, dude, especially the sour stuff. I I literally can't put mm. it down. What's your favorite sour candy? So, it used to be Sour Patch Kids, but now mm, good choice. There's this uh, this like organic sour candy that I can't remember remember the name of off the top of my head. But one of the girls that I work with, um, I I call her uh, an enabler because she constantly will bring in like food or you know some other thing, and I. It, it just, it's always stuff that I really like. Almost every single time she's like, oh, hey, here's this candy. And I'm like, please stop doing this. Please stop introducing me to things that I now love. You know? Yeah, right. Or like. I have a lady like that at my work. Yeah. So, yeah. She's it's those, always asking like. I don't remember. What do you want to, you want, you want a donut from, uh, there's this donut shop here called Go-Go. And uh, you want a donut from there, and they have this. They have some really good glazed donuts that are uh, like they have this orange marmalade one. They have this blueberry glazed one. All the, all the different uh, blueberries like, flavored like glazed favorites. ones yeah. are delicious. Tastes like you're eating fruity pebbles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I do want one, but no, I don't want. One. Okay, so it's <laughs> like stop asking me. But yes, while you're there, go ahead and get me one. It, the company is called Lovely. And it's a sour, chewy candy. It's organic, sour, chewy candy. And they come, like, wrapped up in little, uh, like, wax paper. They basically look like, they're like organic starbursts would be the best way to describe it. And you can buy them on Amazon. Uh. And I have a uh, a 12-pack sitting in my wish list. So one of these days, I'm just going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know hit that. Maybe when uh, AMC finally moons, I'll, uh, I'll splurge. Oh, yeah, I've seen these. They're they're really good. Uh, They're yeah. really good. And I love sour stuff. I'll so, it, you know, 
Um, yeah, I like sour stuff too. Oh, remember Warheads back in the day? Oh yeah, Woo! Warheads. Those that was packed a, a punch. Yeah, that was a big thing when we when I was on swim team as a kid. The the little yeah. snack shop at the pool sold them, and so uh, in between uh, meats or whatever was going on, we would eat sour or we would eat Warheads. Good oh, memories. Nice. Yeah. I would try and uh, stuff as many as possible in my mouth. I just like <laughs> it's the, hurting my mouth. Uh, <laughs> even right now. I like the sour, man. I like the bite. I like going back. Like I kind of wanted to be on that, that that line of torture. You know what I mean? Yes. Like regretting my life choices. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of torture, Joseph, if people want to be more involved with the show, how can they do that? Well, I wouldn't liken it to torture. <laughs> I would liken it well, to... Running around in a lily field. <laughs> uh, self-promotion is torture for me. Legitimately, I, oh, hate, yeah. I, hate, I hate it. I don't know why. It just it yeah. is what it is. I do it because Understand. it's part of the, the grind or whatever, but I hate, I hate self-promotion so much. Guys and ladies, we don't discriminate here, <laughs> but to all who have made it with us so far on our 17th episode... Uh, if you like what you see, just give it a thumbs up on YouTube, Odyssey. Share it with those you know. Um, and you can also find us on social media. We both have Instagrams and Twitter. We stay off the uh, the Facebooks. Yeah, for um, the most part. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for the most part. But uh, if you want to donate to us, we have a PayPal account. Crypto donations are also coming soon. And I promise <laughs> uh, we are also doing yeah, <laughs> the 1000th episode. Crypto yeah. donations oh, are- finally. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, so our model here is a value for value system. So whatever you feel like you're getting out of this show, you can donate, you can commit your time to, or you can give us your talent. Uh, but the best thing that you can do if you like us is to like it, rate it and share it with others. Yeah, that's all I have. Awesome. All right, so first story of the show. Um, Drum roll, please. I don't. <laughs> uh, okay, so. We need to get an ISO for that. Yeah. Oh, that would be really good. Uh, put that in the show notes. Just put a little reminder okay. in there that says get drum roll ISO. Um, I'll do it in the I'm trying to decide how I want it. Uh, so this first topic is the new uh, He-Man show that's coming out next month. Uh, and we're not going to like dive into uh, too, too much about it uh, as, as far as like details and, and all those things. But there is sort of this... Uh, uh, it, it was a rumor and now it's starting to see... It, it, it seems as if what's happening is real and what i'm talking about is essentially that uh the show's not actually about he-man so the trailer dropped and it's pretty great uh i don't know if you watched it because i know you're not you're not really like you're not into that uh but it's it's very much the aesthetic that if you were to take like a cartoon from your childhood and they mm-hmm. were to modernize it and make it very nostalgic. That's a hundred percent what this trailer did. Trailer's fantastic. It uh, the music is like on point for the show. The you know if you wanted to get into more of the details of how they edit 
each of the scenes in the trailer. It, it's done very well with the music. Uh, and I was like, oh man, this is really exciting. And then I started looking into what people were saying about it. And uh, there's like there's a group of people that I sort of follow for less of a mainstream take on media. Uh, mm-hmm. it's people like Neurotic who we'll talk about, uh, Nerdrotic, who we'll talk about later. But everyone was like, hey, for those of you that aren't aware, there's a rumor going around based on some material that was leaked and, uh, the trailer basically being flashbacks from the first episode that this show's not actually about He-Man. Uh, it's about a char- another character who was one of, like, the royal guards in the palace. For those of you who don't know, I'm, I, if I remember correctly, Adam, who is He-Man, is, like, a prince. And so there's a royal guard, and mm. one of them is a woman. And she's from the original show, so they, uh, the cast is still the same. But everyone's going, they're doing the same thing that they did with stuff like The Last of Us, where they're setting it up to make you think that it's another story about uh, this male protagonist. And then they're going to do a switcheroo and it's not really about him. It's about this woman who isn't He-Man and no one, you know, everyone watched He-Man for He-Man, not for this other character whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head. Um, Valkyrie? I'm just <laughs> No. <laughs> um, and and it, this is a somewhat of a bigger discussion because... This is something that media, and I'll say media because Hollywood's probably not the right, it is Kevin Smith. So Kevin Smith is either directing or he's producing or he's heavily involved with this. Like his name is front Mm -hmm. and center on all the promotion material for uh, this uh, this reboot. And it's sort of a soft reboot Mm -hmm. because, and what's funny is they're almost doing kind of a Star Wars thing too where it's a soft reboot, but allegedly it picks up directly where the show from the 80s left off. And so they're just kind mm-hmm. of doing this this next part or whatever. And I don't know. People could be overreacting. It's not out yet. Like I always, I always right. wonder. And this is something that I've been thinking about more with as things have progressed. Where this group of people have kind of been known for pushing back against a lot of like this. You could call it woke, call it woke, woke culture. Call it whatever you want. But sort of this weird. Hey, we're taking these things from your childhood that you love, or these these properties that you love, and we're kind of just dismissing anything that you love about them to push a narrative mostly a political narrative at you and it's like are you the thing is it's like you're really gonna turn he-man political a show about a dude who has a magic sword who gets super buff and fights a guy named skeletor you're gonna make that political and it's so it's it's ridiculous man yeah no i understand what you mean it's is anything sacred and 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 i I know we'll get into it later but i mean i don't think people realize and understand and by people i don't mean uh like those who like the shows and stuff like that but i mean specifically those creating them don't seem to understand the importance of canon and lore and why that matters yeah uh so yeah, it's a it's a respect for the. If, if they go that route, I I think they're going to be making a pretty big mistake. It will be a flop. Yeah, so you it's know, you already can't just rely on name value alone. Yeah, people are already getting kind of pissed off about it. I think, uh, and it's going beyond sort of these circles of people who generally they're 
their niche is pushing back against woke culture, right? So mm-hmm. you have like geeks and gamers or whatever, and sometimes they have like good content, but occasionally I'm like, are you guys stretching a little bit for this? And then it turns out sometimes right. they're not. But as things have kind of gone on, I'm like, I don't, I just don't know. Like, I, I want to believe you, but I need to look into this for myself, and I need to see more before I go. This is absolutely the case, but it's not surprising considering right. it's Netflix. Um, and it just seems like any of the. I'm sorry, you're okay. My dog's about to go crazy. Hang on. <laughs> um, Bell, Bell, come here. Hang on. Come here. Come say hey to everybody. For those on YouTube, you can see my German Shepherd here. She's will bark at anyone. Ah, come here. Come here. Don't get shy. Turn the camera. There you go. Sorry, that's how you. Uh, that's how the professionals do a smooth transition. Uh-huh. Uh, but okay, so yeah, it's it's. What it comes down to is it's it's a disrespect of the material. Whether you want to say it's in in a broad sense, that's the case because that's lore, uh, that's the fan base, everything that that goes along with this. Um, they have a, a a tendency to just disregard anything that made those properties what they are, right? So exactly. Oh yeah, and it just it shreds them. It, it doesn't give the 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 fans anything to unite behind. Unite behind because when you just obliterate and an entire um, history, an entire you know world development that's gone on, you know the themes and the characters, and you just turn everything on its head, then and just like actually none of that stuff happened. Or yeah. It's uh, decided to go this route. It, 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 you don't give anything for fans to unite behind, and, and, and it's about this is the problem. For the the name of all that is holy, right? It is not about whether if you're libertarian, conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, whatever you want to call yourself. It is not about your political agenda. No, it is about helping people escape reality. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah, escapism. And and there's there's. Okay, so I'll, I'll uh, it, it, slight spoilers for this, and then I'm also going to talk about Last of Us because there actually is a little bit of a connection between these two things. Um, but I, the the plot summary so far is that the a lot of the stuff from the trailer, so anything you see with He Man, it's all um, uh, flashbacks, and he loses and. Skeletor gets the this like sort of power or whatever that turns Adam into He Man, and the show is everything that happens after that. So I assume them trying to stop Skeletor from this, but Adam is apparently out of the picture, and no one knows why. So I'll I'll, I'll mm. give him this. This is only part one, and <laughs> I think what's happening because of this backlash is they might be reworking part two to center around like He Man coming back. But it's dumb because the story should be about He-Man, even if he loses this power, right? At the very least, it should be his journey to regaining that because that's... This isn't about politics. It's about good storytelling. And one of the things that is common in storytelling is the hero's journey. And sometimes that means big defeat, a journey through difficult circumstances to come out triumphant on the other side. Look to something like 1917 as a very good example of that. Um, Right. 
And so I don't know what they're going to do with it. Obviously, when the show comes out, I'm going to watch it and we'll talk about it on here. I'm just nervous. And this is this is one of the problems they had with The Last of Us because they the whole thing was supposed to be about Joel. Spoilers, he dies in the first 30 minutes. Um, and there's just this underlying... It, it happened with The Last of Us where everyone started going, did you kill him off? Because there's this tendency within media now to not like straight white males, and it's it's yeah. weird. And and what's so funny about that is there's a there's a part in the first game at the very end where Joel kills a bunch of people to save Ellie, uh, despite her potentially having the ability to stop like this infection that's spreading all, all around the world. And the the one of the doctors that you kill in there, I think that you don't have a choice but to kill. Um, he's black and they race swapped him in the last of us two to a white guy, but nobody talks about that, which is really funny. And, and they changed like the whole narrative to make Joel out to be this like horrific person when the whole point of that game was to show that there is gray area and, and to push it as far as they could to be like, people would come out of that game being like, no, Joel did the right thing based on the circumstances that he was in because you were asking him to Mm -hmm. essentially sacrifice his surrogate daughter for the sake of the world. And he said, no, I mean, he did a selfish thing, but there's this like gray area to the whole thing. And the sequel basically goes, no, he was a terrible human being who deserved to die. And he got what was coming to him was kind of what the, the direction that they went in. Um, So they lost focus on the different, you know, elements behind mm-hmm. the story and that just leads to disaster. I mean, people want good storytelling and it's like, if you want to create a story that checks all your boxes politically, then set out and do that, create your own. But the whole taking over different franchises, star Wars and star Trek and ruining them, uh, um, the justice league and stuff like that, you know, DC has a huge problem with it too. So it's just, it's, it's not surprising. It's all gone. In the words of but, uh, Nate Diaz. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, it's just all gone yeah. hyper political, and because of that, a lot of it is woke. Because wokeness is is essentially caught up in politics. You know, it's yeah. like nobody. That's why I watch a lot of old shows. And, yeah, and I say old, like it's the 50s and 60s. I'm older shows and older movies because everything. It's, you just hit the nail on the head. So hyper politicized. It's like, guys, I don't want to. I just want to see a TV show or a movie so I can escape, not freaking, you know, have eighteen hundred political agendas going on in one mm-hmm. thing. Well, why don't why don't you let because me play? It's just everything. It's you know, media, any any form of entertainment, po- obviously politics, you know, sports. You're bombarded with it, so oh, there's it's, no oh, way yeah. for you to escape. Yeah, and people are tired of it. It's obvious. All of these companies are losing money. I think uh, from a comic book perspective, DC and Marvel are hemorrhaging. I wouldn't be surprised, especially if they uh, those two major comic book companies go in the direction that their comics are currently going with movies. Mm-hmm. They're going to hemorrhage as well because no, but people are so tired of it. You get it every yeah. day from every direction. Everything was about Trump for four years. And we're all just like, can we please? And and this is kind of my thing about He-Man. Is I, I see this trailer and I'm like, this 
reminds me so much of my childhood of playing he-man with my cousin and running around in in the backyard and doing all you know all of that and having this like this these things brought out imagination in our generation whether and obviously like lord of the rings is older but lord of the rings and indiana jones and star wars and uh comic books and all of this stuff in some way or another to at different levels affected so much of our generation and mm-hmm. now all of these people that are in control are ruining i mean they're literally just spitting on the childhood of fa- of the phantom right because there's a, there's right. a lot of people now and it's it's unfortunate this is the case but you can just go and i think i've mentioned this in episodes in the past but you can just go on wikipedia and learn everything you need to know but that that history isn't isn't there right i don't really care how much right someone knows about that it's 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 the passion behind it right there there are people who know way more about star wars than i do right but that doesn't make mm-hmm. my love of it right. any less important than theirs right it, it's it's right. it's kind of ridiculous and that's actually something that that like anti-woke crowd falls into a little too much where they're like oh well i know more and and i have this many comic books and blah 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 it's like well i like comics but i don't have collections because i don't have the space for that and it seems like a pain to keep them all but i enjoy reading them i enjoy the stories like all these things that come behind that and i understand their point of like hey stop taking these characters and turning them into things that they were never meant to be you know it's like come up with your own stories it's like Mm -hmm. if your stuff's good if you're a good enough writer people will eventually come around to the stuff that you're you're making um Exactly. I think I think media Speaking is of, dead. So I mean, as far as that's concerned, I agree with you. They have no creativity left. I agree with you. As far as with TV shows and movies, I mean, that's what Donald Glover said. Everyone's so worried about being canceled. There's no creativity. Yeah. So I, th- I think that hits the nail on the head. Absolutely. That's why you're not seeing that many good things. And the truth is, is that if you want to see a good movie, you really have to look in in uh, indie films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people who are kind of able to just do what they want and there's not pressure necessarily to make money or to do whatever the case may be mm-hmm. yeah you you see that and um yeah all right that's why the joker was such a big hit because nobody was expecting that but yeah. yeah so speaking of lord of the rings we were talking about that earlier you want to get into this next clip yeah so uh i'm gonna play this first one that kind of gives tolkien's opinion about that and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on uh in that scenario and then i have one other clip and then uh, I wanted to play a uh, ISO that'll be our end of show ISO. So uh, let me. Ooh, geez, hang on, it's <laughs> it's loading. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Um, no problem. You know, you try to do I'll everything talk right, about and this for a minute, and sometimes stuff does not go the way that you expect. Work out. Is this playing? Friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests. I cordially dislike allegory and all of its manifestations, and always have done so since I grew old and wary enough to detect its presence. I much prefer history, true or feigned, with its varied applicability to the thought and experience of the readers. I think that many confuse applicability with allegory, but the one resides in the freedom of the reader, and the other in the proposed domination of the author. With Tolkien's stories, what you see is what you get. There's no unreliable narrator, and the same goes for this channel. Nothing to decode here. When I say respect the lore, I mean 
respect the lore and nothing else. I didn't make the rules. Tolkien did. And if Amazon doesn't want to abide by those rules, then they will suffer the consequences. And I'll just kick back and say, I told you so. All right. So what is the lovely neurotic talking about? I keep calling him neurotic, nerd erotic. So, yeah, um, what he's talking about is that. Uh, oh, man. So the two guys at helm who who are helming the, the two the two showrunners of the show are unproven. The only kind of credits they have is for a poorly written disastrous movie, Star Trek. And. Uh, and it's just like when you have unproven showrunners, you get what happened in Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to where it's once they source material, you know, it just kind of flopped. You know, the, the dialogue, the characters, the arc. I mean, that's why, you know, season eight was such a big flop. Go ahead. Uh, you like, you like I, you want to say? I literally had them. Oh, here they are. Um, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay are the showrunners, and their yep. only credit, I believe, is writing Star Trek Beyond, which is not good. Uh, no. <laughs> I think I'm being nice. That's putting uh, it lightly. That's yeah. It, it's it's not a good it's not a good movie. Um, and so yeah, you're 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 taking essentially freshman producers. I, I don't. Let's see. Writers. I don't think they have anything. They're the show. I looked into so them. So they're the showrunners. So more than likely they will be directing. They'll be producing. They're probably involved in the writing. And their only credit is they're a movie. The story arc, right? They're 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 mm -hmm. like guiding the story arc. Yes, like what so will and will they not have be. The, 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 yeah. Uh, they give the yes and the no. Uh -huh. It all ends with them. Yep. And so theoretically speaking, they're actually I'm sure Jeff Bezos can get his way. Oh, he got, yeah, he got his word in, uh, which we've talked about in the past about game of Thrones and mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings. And you're like, what are you? Okay. This is not anyway. Um, so go ahead, go ahead. Explain to the, so we just explained what showrunners mean. It's basically you got the story, the story arc, everything to do with the, the whole show. Every, they get the final yes and the final no, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, their decisions. Uh, and so why is this an issue, David? What do you see like with two unproven guys? Why <laughs> that would be? Oh, where do you start? Terrible. Okay, so Benioff and Weiss, who directed... Uh, sorry, they, were the, they did direct some, but they were the showrunners for Game of Thrones. They mm -hmm. had an advantage because they had roughly six or 7,000 pages of content to start the show. And... Their first mistake was trusting that George Martin was actually going to finish that series before uh, right. he dies. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Slash, they got to that point in the story. Didn't happen. And it was almost immediately obvious that the content in the show was going downhill. I will give them a tiny bit of leniency and say that I think Battle of the Bastards was, like, after that season, which I think was five season seven i thought no 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 no. it was way it was way before that um, really yeah yeah because that's the one where he's fighting ramsey um and it's that famous meme of yeah. him pulling the sword out with all the horses uh, yeah i thought that was him. season seven i, I think it's reason. it's i think it's five um no maybe it's six no, we're both because he 
when is it? Is it later? It's the it's the six season. It's six season. That's right. Because he dies. He dies. Yeah. He dies in five. Comes back in six and spends all of six just sitting around moping more so than he usually did because he's like, I died and there's nothing after you die. And you're like, oh great, okay. Yeah. But I'll give it that because the hype was still there from the previous season and also that episode is very well done as far from like a direction standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it goes way downhill after that. All that being said, yeah. When you have people that again it goes back to that not respecting the lore not respecting the source material the writing went way downhill uh you started to see dialogue scenes where characters were fighting with their wits get replaced with people just attacking each other with swords or dragons flying around and burning stuff up it it became sort of uh fantastical sort of the way that marvel is all what they do with the, the the third act of their movies where they're like, okay, we're done with story and plot. Everything needs to explode and things need to bump into each other now. You know what I mean? That's kind of right. what the show became. So no, I agree with that. I mean, you saw they didn't do they didn't do payoffs. They ruined, uh, oh, ruined story arts, character characters. arts. Yeah, I mean, just illogical stuff and, happening. So like, for, you know the whole their whole battle plan they was, have of, of the third. <laughs> episode then battle you plan the starbucks cup into the twice into the episode like twice yep. in the final season they had to cut out starbucks cups or, or it was a water bottle and a starbucks cup um yep. but yes you know and it just shows th- go ahead i was gonna say one of the characters they ruined was varus uh who was the Ma- lord of whispers or master of whispers whatever the title was mm-hmm. sorry guys but he's like the smartest character in the show plans everything out has eyes and ears everywhere somehow gets super emotional betrays Daenerys and stays there and gets killed by the dragon and and puts up no sort of resistance has no plan in the situation and it was obvious that was the point I think for a lot of people especially people who were kind of caught up in everything where they were like what like that's it that's it for him this guy who's been way more intelligent and done everything right for so many years as far as the show is concerned and you're and that's how he goes out right you had the same thing happen with jamie and cersei where it was just like this oh he has this entire like story arc and he goes nah and then he just goes back to cersei at the end and they die and you're like what yeah uh, yeah so that as far as I'm concerned, that's the kind of stuff that you should expect from this. It's going to be surface le- level, shallow content. They're probably going to put a bunch of stuff in there about, oh, life isn't fair for blank person on the show because they've had it hard their entire... And it's just going to be modern day politics, modern day garbage shoved mm-hmm. into a story with no sense of creativity surrounding it. At all. At it's going to be generic. It, yeah, it's well. It, then I think the, pro- the other problem you have you is that it. it's probably it's probably going to be woke. Um, just go ahead and let people know that because Bad yeah. Reboot is a production company <laughs> behind it, and they've ruined uh, uh, what haven't they ruined Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek, Star Trek, the uh, DC movies. Um, yeah, geez, uh, just and just they're terrible. So you're definitely going to get politics from them because they're in, involved in it. And, uh, by the way, I hope I'm wrong about everything. I want this to be great. The Lord of the Rings is my favorite fantasy you know, um, 
I uh, said movie book, you know, and the other thing is that you you know you have other rumors out that well it's not a rumor they did hire an intimacy coach and people are worried that that's going to bring nudity to oh it's going to be there it, it's not it's even not a, the, it's not even a maybe it's going to happen it, it's going to yeah the one the one shred of like benefit of the doubt I wanted to give is that not you can correct me if I'm wrong you know better than I do but just because you have an intimacy coach doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be nudity. Uh, it just may, you know, I know they hired them for just more intimate scenes. To like, help you know, people, yeah, to make uh, it more realistic. Is, yeah. 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 And, and more comfortable too for the actors. But because Jeff Bezos said, <laughs> exactly. hey, give me Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. You're you gonna, know, <laughs> you're going to get Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones. Yeah. It, it's exactly you're what's going to happen. And, here, and, and what's going to be interesting, it's going to happen. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call it. I you're right. We could be wrong, but I'm just gonna call it as I see it. You're gonna get Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, which is what the fan base and the people who understand that don't want, right? It, it's not as exactly it's not as if, if they do not understand their fan base, dude. Right. And I think that's that's just a common theme with all these people. But ahead, what but. here here's the question that I'm I'm sort of unsure about, right? Because in okay. most circumstances so take uh, Ghostbusters 2016, right? Right. It flopped. It got panned by audiences, and I think critics weren't real happy with it either. And the casting crew, or the uh, the director and the main cast, were just like, "Well, it's because people are sexist." So what do you do when you have a fantasy fantasy show about elves, right? Because I think are the dwarves in this. I know the hobbits aren't supposed to be in it, and the wizards aren't supposed to be in it. So. No, the wizards are in it. They are, they are supposed to be in it. And then the dwarves are, and then elves are, and men are. Uh, the hobbits, not necessarily, because I don't think they appeared, if I want to say, until so, the Third Age. But well, it's possible, that, because they're related to men, that they could have them in there uh, if they wanted to. Because uh, Nerd, Nerd Roddick was saying it was no wizards, no uh, hobbits. He could have been wrong. Uh, I, I don't he's know. He's wrong about the wizards. We don't I know because the wizards, <laughs> the wizards are in the second age and e the first age. But either way, definitely the, the second age. The point being is that what are they going to use as their excuse for people not liking the show when it ultimately happens? Because that's what's going to happen. Obviously, not when, with everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. I put, I, if I was a betting man, I'd put money. Somewhere, if there's a if there's a betting pool going on, let me know because I'd put a, a <laughs> lot of money on it being a flop. Yeah, I, a, I, a lot of money. Here's the thing, and it's going to be a, a very the expensive one too. The uh, yeah, because it's going to cost them like a billion dollars just for the first season. So just for those who don't understand, the Amazon head of entertainment or whatever I, I can't remember her name. Uh, you know, she said, you know, we want to make sure that this is a show. The reason why it's so expensive, she was justifying the cost, is that we want to make sure that it's a show that can reach a global audience. Uh, what? I believe I believe this has sold 150, 150, more than 152 million copies. It's written in 52 different languages. You already have a global show. And the thing is, is that <laughs> these creators not understanding their audiences uh, is that... I have read 
and I've been on many forums, watched different videos, people far left, far right, between. And the thing is, is that Game of Thrones is Game of Thrones. The reason why people love Lord of the Rings is for how um, like clean it is, but in a respectful, mature, a, adult way. Yeah, it's a part of and it. And it's not just, you know, they don't, they, you, like, for example, Aragorn, Aragorn, and Arwen, um, their love story, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not uh, what the word I'm it's looking not for here. Crude. About the physicality, it's not lustful. Yeah. Yes, it's about the emotional connection. Yes, obviously, because like there's o- there's obviously implications. Yeah, there's obviously implications of their marriage and what happens with the two of them. Like no one's mm-hmm. that dumb, but it's one of those things that it's like you don't have to explicitly say those things in order for people to understand what's going on. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the case in, in any sort of media. Um, it's always kind of, uh, listen, the only, the only reason that most, uh, like HBO, for instance, puts nudity and all that stuff in there is just to attract people to watch the show. It's not, it's never, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say never, because it depends on who, like, you could probably talk to some directors that are like, no, it was a di- like nudity, for instance, was a decision based on the story that we were telling. There's like one or two movies that come to mind where um, it, there's more of an implication behind what's going on than just to like titillize the audience. But right. that's not what HBO does. When HBO puts that stuff in the show, it's specifically to be like, hmm, HBO show is probably going to be, but you know, it's like those scenes where um little fingers like in the whorehouse in game of thrones yeah it's all just for titillation it has absolutely nothing to do I wonder, can you can i say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever who cares yeah, making- that's it it's why it's there because you see and the worst thing go ahead i was gonna say because as you as the show goes on you see less and less of it and then occasionally there's like a season where they put a little bit more in and it makes you think as the show's popularity like uh, got bigger, they were like, well, we don't really need any of that. We can actually focus on the normal storytelling and the good stuff. And then right. uh, maybe people are kind of like waning on it. They're like, no, no, put all the nudity back in. <laughs> yeah, and I think, too, when we were talking earlier about them wanting to put their political agenda in there, two things. First off, uh, Tolkien hated allegory. And so yeah, that's why there's not a figure that represents Christ, right? There's yeah. definitely biblical themes and elements and like you know uh you have um Ungol- goliath the uh if i'm pronouncing that right the um the first gigantic spider mm-hmm. in lord of the rings she represents lust and uh gluttony and then like morgor morgor also known as uh melkor represents um uh lust and greed and Yada, yeah. yada, yada. And then you have the hobbits representing humility, but then also courage. And, and you, so there's definitely different themes, but Tolkien hated allegory. Well, and that's, that's, and that's the key point. Re- I was going to say, that's a key point that you, you literally just made. There's a difference between allegory and themes. Themes right. are literally in everything. You can't have a good story without that. You don't, it, you don't need Pilgrim's Progress or, um, he's, I think, specifically talking about, um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, yeah, because they were really good friends, and he's they, that was probably one of their biggest disagreements was like, nah, dude. Allegory. Yeah, it's like you yeah. just you just change some names and 
put it in a fantasy setting. <laughs> That's it. And you saw that with the Lord of the Rings movies. Peter Jackson gave an interview to where he said, we didn't want to bring in our agenda and yeah. bring in what we had to say about everything. We wanted to honor uh, Tolkien's themes and principles and the world that he had built and just bring that to life. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't put high hopes in this. And there's a lot of many different things we could probably say, but I think that pretty much... Well, I've got. It. Don't don't have don't have, make sure your expectations are low. Like you're gonna go to a one star hotel, and then that way, if, if uh, it's better than what you think, you could be pleasantly surprised. I've got um two more clips from uh, oh, yeah, kind of yeah. about this, so I do want to play these, and then we can kind of uh, leave it there because I think uh, Nerd Roddick makes a very excellent statement. And uh, let me get. He's got one other clip from. I, I assume this is from a professor. You, who did you think that it was? Uh, Tom you, Shippy. Tom Shippy. Uh, we don't know because so yeah, that's, he didn't have it in in his description. But this was another clip from that. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Well, I get this set up. Okay. I was gonna say that was the problem is that when Christopher Tolkien died, uh, they got rid of Tom Shippy who had been on the project. They got rid of a lot of the writers and just and and there have been cast issues too. So there's a lot of things behind the scenes clearly that give you gives you lots of reason to go ahead and know that this isn't going to be that good yeah all right go ahead you so the clip. this is kind of uh a clip that explains a little bit of like people's agenda and how honestly i think critics forever have always had issues with the way that lord of the rings is or they've read too much into it but he gives kind of a good analysis of the analysis of this so talking in a very advanced critical language that the Lord of the Rings is overcoded because the megatext has to be constantly explained. Well, leave that aside. But it goes on to say, nor are the histories and genealogies in the least necessary to the narrative, but they have given much infantile happiness to the Tolkien clubs and societies. Well, that's just, that's just name-calling, infantile happiness. But when uh, somebody says the histories and genealogies are not in the least necessary to the narrative, now that's dead wrong. That's not only wrong, that's stupidly wrong. Actually, what they give to the narrative is something which Tolkien was very aware of and which he often talked and wrote about and which he valued very much, and that is depth. So you don't just have, as it were, a flat, garish, shiny surface. You have something which has depth behind it and a feeling that this is a world where you can ask a question about it and you'll get an answer. And if you ask a question about the question or a question about the answer, then you'll get more answers because it's all there already. And that gives you an illusion of reality, but the illusion has been deliberately created. That's what makes the next statement. Um, sorry, I had trouble clipping that last part. So, <laughs> um, no, you're fine. It get, it, he makes some a, one of the points that Hollywood and just media companies in general do not understand anymore. That de depth is important because you look at look at. I mean, honestly, look at Marvel. DC to pretty much the same degree. Uh, and I actually, it's funny, I had a conversation with someone yesterday and I, I didn't say anything uh, when they said this, but uh, he was basically like, oh yeah, but it looks really good. And I'm like, that's all that people care about anymore. It, right? I've heard people say the same thing. I'm like, but it looks good. Yeah, but it's an eight game of Thrones. I'm like th that's yes. Like yeah. a lot of things look good. They should in this day and age. Like if you do, if it doesn't look good, then 
you know, you have some issues there, but I would, but the thing is, is to pay attention to the story, the yes. character development, the payoffs. Like you don't set something up to then just, you know, uh, throw it to the wayside uh -huh. later in some unreasonable fashion. Like you were given about berries, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have this brilliant guy for all these seasons. All of a sudden he's just a dud yeah. or Tyrion, same thing, yeah. right? They build him up as a brilliant military and tactician, right? And, right. Uh, a political one. He knows how to play the game. And then all of a sudden, season seven, season eight, he's an idiot. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Doesn't know what to do. And then you have Can't John. Can't You build up this big f battle scene, you know, fight coming for him and the Night King, right? Yeah. And they fight for two seconds. He has to run. Arya comes hopping out of the banana bush and stabs him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you s that's the problem. And and I and this is the difference between a good right, writer. Sorry, go ahead. And I'll say. No, no, let me say this. It, it's I, I'm fine if Arya kills the Night King. I have no problem with that. The pro it, like you could have done it in a better way though to where you have that payoff of John fighting the night scene the night king yeah. and then Arya comes and either kills him or saves John in some capacity. I don't I Personally, I don't think that Arya should have killed him. I think they should have because they also had the Night King and Bran, uh, whatever his name is, yeah, you know, you're right. her thing. So I think there's a different direction they could have mm -hmm. gone to make that a lot better. But again, I'm I'm not so particular about oh Arya can't kill him. But it's the difference between an actual writer sub, uh, subverting people's expectations and a hack attempting yes. to do the same thing. Because you see that with Ryan Johnson in Star Wars when he did The Last Jedi. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed... So he did Brick, which was, I think, his first movie. And then I liked Knives Out, despite it... I need to watch, go back and watch it again. But I, I generally enjoyed Knives Out. Yeah. Um, but good writers understand how to think through scenarios. They've, they're paying attention to everything that came before in order to write the narrative in a good direction. So for instance, like I thought if they were gonna if they were gonna keep Arya killing the Night King, what they should have done is it should have been this idea of sort of like that that concept of yin and yang. So you always have to kind of have that good and and the evil that balances out sort of the nature of the world. Mm -hmm. And so with her being the one that ultimately does the Night King in she should have become the Night King. And it could have progressed. Now, obviously, they would have needed more time and maybe a, an extra season or two to sort of allow that mm -hmm. progression and the the looming threat of her ultimately becoming this thing. Um, because they were, they were literally like ice zombies. That's basically what they were. Yeah. And so there should have been some sort of connection between she now is, has to take on this mantle because someone always had, there always has to be a Night King. That would have been... Right. interesting it would have had better payoff because there's always that subversion of expectations where you think a character's doing something right but it ultimately has a downfall effect on that character um and whether they killed her in the end or she had to return to whatever after, you know they could have figured that out but that's the stuff that yeah. it's just like you couldn't have thought an extra couple of seconds about how to make this a little more interesting and dynamic for what's going on with all these characters. It just, yeah, that honestly, dude, this stuff bothers me. Um, thankfully, thankfully and, Game of Thrones. And got that's what we're worried about with Lord yeah. of the Rings. It's going to be, hyper, it's going to be hyper political. It's going to be hyper woke. They're going to try to distract people with pretty imagery and boobies. And that's pretty much, yep. that's going to be it. That's, that's probably yep. what the show's going to be. 
I'll clip this if that turns out to be the case, and uh, we'll you know we'll bring this up when the show yeah, if they finally releases. It, if they put nudity in it, and I I see a boob or a ding dong, I'm probably not going to watch another <laughs> Peace. episode. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, and of course, like there'll be a ton of people who have general, like no general interest in this stuff. They'll be like, "Oh, it's amazing," and I'll be like, "No, no, it isn't." The best show. And they'll be like, "You're just, like, o- no. you're just overcritical. You're overcritical of everything." It's like, all right. Um, so yeah. to in this, you segment, can't just be happy about anything. Um, I have to play this clip from Nerdrotic. I think he sums up. Go ahead. Just, so much of the issue in uh, in society right or in media right now in general um and this this will be the iso for end of show as well uh but i I just thought it was it was such a great little um little thing so i'm just gonna play this real quick politics ruins everything that's it It does, man. That's great. It's in it's it's in everything. Everything everybody thinks it's way more interesting than it is. It's it's a bunch of yeah. It, it's it's such garbage. I'm so ti- so tired of it. Right? You know, I'm, only I'm tired of politics too. Only in this country could uh, a dumb little piece of cloth turn out to be uh oh, if you wear it you're a democrat, if you don't you're a republican. Like that's how moronic political like politics is in this country right now it's yep. it's oh my god it's uh dumb. all right so let's let's change it up just a little bit uh so some news came out uh recently about el salvador and i wanted to play a clip kind of explaining Dude, what's whip, going Dude, on whip. and then i want to kind of have a, a discussion about it because i think there's a lot of interesting application, and then we'll we'll get into some other financial news that I think will be kind of interesting as well. Uh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh, it goes by, and I forget how to uh, set stuff up. It's all gravy, baby. All right, here we go. This is uh, El Salvador and uh, making history with Bitcoin. El Salvador has become the first country in the world to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender after its Congress passed a law allowing that to happen. Here's what we know about the Bitcoin law. It allows, for example, merchants to display prices in Bitcoin. It allows people to pay part of their taxes in Bitcoin as well. We're still waiting for more details on how exactly El Salvador is going to roll this out. But we know it's uh, partnered with a cryptocurrency wallet called Strike to build the infrastructure for the country. But we also know about the volatility of Bitcoin, which has brought into question its credentials as a viable currency. For example, if I accept money today uh, in Bitcoin and it drops 20% tomorrow, that's not great. But Bitcoin proponents have been pushing for it to become legal tender in countries, a sort of global currency, and El Salvador will give us the first real test of how that looks. Okay, so... El Salvador legitimately made history by being the first country in the world to make Bitcoin legal tender, meaning that, like he was saying, you can put the prices in that, you can accept it as a currency, you can pay your taxes in that. Um, and I and you know he makes kind of a good point that it is a little bit more volatile. But here's the thing: mm-hmm. here's the thing about that, and he doesn't mention this because I think that was from like CNBC, and they're kind of garbage and half the time it doesn't seem like they know what they're talking about um but yeah but all that to be said that as countries 
begin to adopt this, especially countries that have more, um, uh, what, what, what's the phrase I'm looking for? They, they tend to have, so take, uh, like Venezuela, for instance, uh, their current fiat, the money that their centralized banks, that their government issues is garbage. Right. I think it compared to the dollar, I, 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 I wish I had looked up the prices, but I think compared to the dollar, it's like, you know, they, they talk about how people in Venezuela can have stacks of cash and it's worth hardly anything. Like maybe you can buy some bread with it. Right. Right. And I'm not the the most well versed in what's going on in South America other than kind of what you hear from the news. But a lot of those places have very hard like they're having a lot of trouble with their financial financial institutions so mm -hmm. venezuela accepting bitcoin as a currency opens the door one uh to have something that will be more stable as it gets more readily adopted right because el salvador else that what did i say you said venezuela oh venezuela sorry yes el That's salvador so as el, el salvador oh well as countries accept this el salvador this uh, will benefit from one being an early adopter right so you have to think about it this way bitcoin is generally considered a store of value at the moment it started out as more of a currency but if you can through an app take your paycheck or whatever money that you're bringing in for your family and and begin to save little bits of that, uh, especially where it's at right now, um, which I, last time I checked was 39000 a coin, uh, and they can begin, begin to stack Satoshis, they will eventually, whatever money they put in, right? So you're, it, no matter what country it is that's poor, that money will begin to multiply in value over time as more people adopt it. So the advantage of being an early adopter is that whatever money you put in today, when it finally hits its cap or when it finally gets to a point where it's significantly less volatile, you're going to have mm -hmm. more money than the money that you put in right away. So you either have that as an option or you have the option to continue going down the path of centralized currency where if your government is constantly screwing over its people, like a place like Venezuela, I don't know about El Salvador necessarily. Um, I would say they have the they seem to have the opposite approach because they're uh, accepting Bitcoin and they've had enough people, I guess, pushing these things down there. And I know depending on right. who you talk to about Bitcoin, you can't really bring up altcoins, but there is the potential for altcoins to also have some effect in those countries for people to be able to use those for currency or do whatever the case may, you know, whatever it, it turns out to be. It's all so early right now, it's hard to kind of tell. So will a lot of people be using it for their day-to-day -day purchases right away? Probably not. But there's so much potential for all of these places to have a currency that is significantly more valuable than what they have right now. Because that's the thing that people don't, don't really understand, right? One Bitcoin mm -hmm. is worth, what, 40,000 X of the American dollar? Like, if you were to do yeah. that? So, like... I mean, uh, yeah, something along those lines. It's it's insane value, right? And so to be able to use right. that as a store of value and to one day be able to look at what you have in Bitcoin and be like, okay, I can pay 100 Satoshis and I can buy lunch for the day. And because we were an early adopter, that 100 Satoshis is worth significantly more than uh, it was when we initially put it in. Uh, so there's there's just a lot, a, a lot to it. And finances in general... 
uh, is difficult. But I think what people really need to take away from a lot of this, and I know I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> this stuff you really. This stuff really gets me. This it gets it gets me really excited. Um, because again, it goes back to this idea that it's not centralized anymore. You you don't have a government printing more money in order to keep the bubble going of the like fake economy sort of like what's happening in the United States mm-hmm. right now and, and and because it's not centralized they don't have full control over everything that's going on so the market essentially doesn't uh, it, it, it's hard to, it essentially doesn't crash the same way that a normal economy would because you're not inflating the price of bitcoin the price goes up that's how much it's worth the price goes down that's how much it's worth right as people are holding right. on to it maybe they're they're taking some of it and turning it into another coin that's accepted by uh, a country in africa because i know um the guy who's over cardano is really pushing hard to get it as the as an accepted currency in certain parts of africa to give them a stable a more stable currency than what they currently have and that's one of the the cool things and one of the almost like philanthropist or um you know you'd think like the woke crowd would be kind of on top of all of this because you're like oh we're actually potentially giving well giving wealth and giving the opportunity for wealth to these poor countries but then elon musk is a dummy and he comes out and he's like well bitcoin uses energy so it's bad right and i think he reversed that today or something like that but came out and said that and you know dude oh man i don't want to go down that road it it still irritates me that he's he was just being that ignorant or that malicious and making You're that statement. You're not who we thought you were. Yeah. Why? Stick to space, you Elon. Um, yeah, right. Listen, all that to be said, this is awesome. And I and yes, it does come somewhat from a libertarian perspective of being like, the less government is involved in your day-to-day activities, the better. Um, but I am really curious to see where this goes. I, I think uh, El Salvador has made history doing this. And... Uh, this will be one of my beats. I think I'm going to keep up with this. And, you know, as my knowledge of Bitcoin and, and a lot of this stuff increases, we'll get to kind of talk about this, uh, over time and, uh, what their, what their plans are, what's going into all this, how they expect to do this. And hopefully how this potentially turns El Salvador into a very prosperous nation. Right. I mean, you think about it, El Salvador right. is on the coast, so they, they have the ability to, you know, to, um, become a potential destination for tourists because of this and and lift themselves potentially out of poverty without the need of the government trying to intervene in all of that. So mm. that's it. That's all I got to say. You want to add anything? None. Not really. I think you pretty much covered it. <laughs> Did a better job than me. Yeah. I could have. Uh, you I know, think if you see I, anyone coming out against us, we don't have to talk about this long, mm, but if you see anyone oh, in America turn off, turn out against this, <laughs> like the big Warren. media corporations and institution, it's just because, uh, you know, El Salvador is a drug capital of the world. So now they can do their money laundering or with what that comes with drugs through Bitcoin yeah, instead of using. Cash banking centralized yeah. institutions. So yeah, they're mad at which that will because hurt the banking institutions. Yes, exactly. They're on the take more than likely. Like Elizabeth Warren co- yeah. going so hard against Bitcoin because of that. It's like, are you involved with the cartels? <laughs> yeah. And and this oh, dude, that's capacity. You know, it, you I know wish there's something. Something is amiss. Uh, absolutely and it's it's because they don't have centralized power at that point she she's upset yeah. not because of any of the lies that she put out when she said any of that 
but because it takes power away from her and the institutions and makes them less important to the people. Because it's, it, the yep. more that you remove power from these people who want you to believe that you need them, they're getting desperate. And that's what's kind of happening is that a lot of these people are getting backed into corners. Politicians, it's happening a lot in America, which is really interesting considering we're supposed to be like free and so on and so yeah, forth. Free market. Yeah, yeah, it's bull crap. Dude, the amount of <laughs> dude, the amount of people who are like, oh, it's a it's a free comp or it's a private company. They can do whatever they want. But then you have like Chick-fil-A come out and they're like, well, we donate to this like Christian organization. They go, you can't do that. <laughs> it's like you got to make up your mind. You got to be consistent. Either people yeah. and their businesses can go about the business that they want to, or you're a fascist. So it's, it's up to you. Yeah. Oh man. Well, okay. Speaking of money and yes. finances. So this was something I wanted to get to last week, but I'm actually glad that we waited. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show before, but people are probably aware of what happened with GameStop back in January. And the yeah. short squeeze and a lot of the stuff that's been going on with hedge funds and uh, sort of <laughs> it's weird. It's I want to say conspiracy, even though I think that that's probably the wrong. It started out as kind of conspiracy, but it seems to be that the more this year has gone on and the more the popularity of uh, GameStop and now AMC and some other kind of more minor companies that this has happened to where people have kind of pumped and dumped um, uh, some of the stocks that are out there. Um, you're seeing what some people, and I don't necessarily disagree with them, what some people are calling Occupy Wall Street 2.0. Um, and I, I, this would be interesting to kind of, kind of talk about that and sort of how this all happened and why a lot of this all happened. And I think a lot of it had to do with boredom, but I, I want to play, I want to play a couple clips uh, because ahead. they set the stage. They baby. set the stage, I think a little bit for, for what's been going on. Um, let me find, okay. So this one's going to be first, um, but it sets the stage to give people kind of an idea of what, this sort of movement is all about. And I guess, I guess I should say up front, like I have, I have like a stake in AMC. So I have a stake in this thing doing really well in this thing in this happening in this community, uh, pushing this thing to uh, essentially like moon, meaning that the, the stock price is going to go to uh, astronomical levels. That, yeah, dude. <laughs> Me too. I hope it does. I hope it goes I, to $500,000. Bro, <laughs> bro. I can't even be, <laughs> I can't even be unbiased about that because it's like, yeah, of yeah. course, I, of course I wanted to hit outrageous numbers and it already has. Right. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to play this and kind of uh, share this with everybody that, that listens because there is implications and some incredible stuff that's actually happened for the good of uh, the country, honestly, uh, as far as mm -hmm. financial institutions are concerned and keeping them accountable. So let me play this and, um, I've got one other one that I'll I'll play, but we'll we'll talk about it a little bit after this one. All right, do it, baby. Here we go. Social media platforms like Reddit, YouTube, and Twitter are leveling the playing field. I also want to say that I support retail investors' right to invest in what they want when they want. Manos de diamante, cabrones, diamond hands. 
support the right of individuals to send a message based on how they invest. I'm gonna do something I never do. Let's come out of my shell and talk about how I'm sick of injustice. I don't believe that the story of this community has been told yet from an insider's perspective. And I think that's paramount to understand some of the culture and the social dynamics of what's really going on. We are just tired of just surviving. Not having to work 12 hour shifts. Life has always felt like you couldn't win. I'm here for um, my mother, my father, and my two brothers. I'm a nobody, really. Um, I, I'm a guy who just needs a win. It's alarming how little we know about the inner workings of the market. These events are part of a larger story about the intersection of finance and technology. What we're trying to say here is that there are these shares that are just kind of floating around being borrowed and being lent and lent again. We just know that there are more shares out there than the company had originally issued. I decided I was going to get on YouTube and do some studying and do my own research. I like to do uh, my own due diligence. Uh, nine to five, opening bell, closing bell, I'm on stocks. And you start seeing, you know, other due diligence which is put out by other apes. Um, I ended up getting diagnosed with a terminal illness. I've gotten more love and support from the apes than a lot of people that I personally know. I'm, I'm not doing this for, my, for myself, but I just want to, you know, fulfill the dreams of my mom. Be able to build your own house. Okay, after that, just want to do the best for my, my family, my kids. When you feel like you're part of this fight, it just makes you feel good, you know? Because of this community, because of this movement that we can help each other and become better. To the hedge funds that are trying to screw over a company that, that we like, fuck you. Okay. So. Oh, hang on, man. I feel a lot of these people. Like, Bro, yeah, right? 12-hour shift. I feel you on that. That's why I didn't go back to the oil field when I was offered. It's just like, man, I have to go back working at least 12-hour shifts. Typically, you know, 14, 15, 16-hour shifts. And, you know, then, you know, that one guy saying about terminal illness. A lot of these people that I see just, you know, talking about I need to win, man, they're just desperate for community. I mm -hmm. think this is what this gave them more so than the finances and the hope of getting out of debt and building a house or whatnot is it gave them community and it just shows that how we're all wired, no matter if you're introverted, extroverted, how we're all wired for a community. We need that in Absolutely. our lives. And when you isolate yourself, it's bad. And what isolated us, the pandemic. Exactly. And that was one of the points I wanted to make is that the reason that this happened, the reason that these hedge funds and, and the, I think ultimately politicians, and you're going to see some massive changes within the SEC and what uh, these companies are allowed to do and how, um, how much information is open and given to the public and mm -hmm. all the sort of like underworkings and just gross stuff that goes on with, uh, uh, hurting retail investors and sort of the little guy, if you will, uh, it's going to change. You're already seeing seeing a change. There's a, you you kind of see mm -hmm. the media uh, forming into these groups that clearly some people are against the retail investor and and thinking that somehow those of us with like a hundred shares in AMC who are hoping this thing, um, you know, reaches some extra like life changing levels. Somehow we are mm -hmm. we are the villain uh, when right. these are the companies that are you know, involved with the 2008 crash, like the Enron incident back in the nineties, 
all this stuff going oh, on man. and somehow you know we we are at the fault for this grass. yeah like yeah. how how dare you hold on to shares um of something in the hopes of making some money to change your life right um yeah and you're right i i, I feel it man i um what was uh what was, That's one what of the- was so great about bitcoin what we were just talking about yeah. is because you take responsibility and it gives you the the chance financially at least right if you make good choices to change the the direction of your life about not having that stressor there right it's not going to give you happiness it's not going to give you anything like that but it definitely allows you to change the course of at least yourself and and your family and then like future generations as well right yep. so I think, you know, that's why people unite so hard around decentralizing uh, currency. But then specifically this is make that life-changing money that it's really difficult to make elsewhere without, I mean, working 18-hour days and stuff like that. I mean, heck, that's the whole reason why I came up to where I'm at to work in the oil field, you know, working 18-hour days when I first got up here. Yeah. Doing manual labor for five years yeah you know they give our generation a lot of crap you know i i mean i feel like growing up and maybe you noticed this too but it was always like oh millennials are lazy oh millennials are this they're that or whatever and like you look back at the choices that were made by leaders if you will leaders Mm -hmm. in quotations we got into the middle east when i was 13 I think I might have been a little bit younger mm-hmm. um, you know 9-11 endless wars in this country um, we're seeing sort of like the war machine in action constantly we saw 2008 stock market crash um, you know I know I have family that lost everything because of 2008 they, they, they literally live in a house owned by the bank because of what happened and seeing something that is don't get me wrong it's about it's about the money right i mean but it's you you listen right. to some of these people and they're like it's about my my mom my dad my family um and i don't know yeah. if we've talked about it on here but it's one of the reasons why <laughs> sorry my dog's having like a coughing attack um it's one uh, of the <laughs> it's one of the reasons why for instance like i kind of uh chris johnson who's someone that you and i are both familiar with because of twitter um, he runs something called the Wealth Squad, and you know his whole thing is about financial independence. It's about generational wealth, mm-hmm. um, and he he talks about he has this very uh, great model of being like your goal isn't just for you to live um, a life where with like a lot of these people are talking about where you're if you come if if someone in your family has a terminal illness if you come down with one if your wife comes down with one whoever it may be it's like you're gonna be okay right because and this is and it goes back to the bitcoin thing too and that's why that is such like a potentially revolutionary thing is because the institutions have failed the common man they don't care about Mm -hmm. people they don't care if you get sick and you don't have health insurance and you die right um, politicians right. and, and or if you're struggling exactly you're like um, with medical debt because you have an illness and yeah you know you die in that you know yeah and and this is why I mean there's hustle involved don't get me wrong right you you heard some of those people in in mm-hmm. the clips talk about due diligence um, it, it's mm-hmm. referred to as like DD in, in circles on like discord and some other places that I follow and people are always like hey look 
this isn't financial advice. It's like you have to do your own due diligence. It's like, mm-hmm. but if you take the time and you learn, it's like you can change your life, right? And I think in for yep. me, and this is one of the things I wanted to bring up, is it, it goes beyond AMC, right? GameStop, AMC, whatever the next thing happens to be, it's there to make a statement in a lot of ways for people. And it's why when people talk about these companies, it's outside of the norm for the stock, the stock market. Um, cause usually when you, when you look at the stock market, you want to look at viability of the company, how much debt that they're in, what's your reasoning for liking the stock, the whole deal. Um, but it's not that with these companies, you can't take general, you know, count, uh, count, like looking at the candles, you know, the minutes, the, what is it? The minutes, the half hour, the hour, the weekly, whatever the case may be. You look at this thing and right. people, people go, we buy the dips and we hold. And we hold because the more that we hold and the more that the retail investor owns, it's going to hurt these people who are trying to put a a company out of business. Because of retail investors, AMC isn't going to go bankrupt. And GameStop didn't go bankrupt. Yeah. And, you know, I grew, there is definitely, you have to, to some degree, keep your emotions out of the stock market. Mostly because you see, you see red days, uh, and it hurts, <laughs> but I, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't think you've really lived until you've, you're down like a couple hundred dollars. I mean, for some people it was way more than that. And, uh, right. you see that happen. Right. And then a couple of weeks ago, AMC is up a hundred percent balloon. I mean, yep. just explodes. Right. And it's not done. And I think that's, what's, what's kind of incredible is that, you know, it's like, I won't, I won't say who it was. He knows who he is, but he, uh, he goes, it hit, it hit like $21 a share or whatever. And he goes, did you sell? And I went, no, dude, I doubled down. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, yes, I, you know, I want to take what I make out of this and continue to work within the market and continue to do that. And I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but like my, my personal goals, like one of them is not only to do well for myself, but to help other people do well for themselves too. To be able to share that information with family and friends and to be like, look, you don't, it's like, okay, you're making $15 an hour. It's like, you might have to penny pinch for a while, but let me show you how you can get out of debt. Let me teach you how to work this market and you can take $1,000 and turn it into $100,000. Like that's one of the the things Mm. that I'm, currently learning how to do and it's not you know so that i can brag and have super nice things you know is it right. to, to be a little more comfortable in my situation and not have to be worrying about every insane expense that comes up absolutely yeah the, i think my goal is along those means i want to be able to help others just like you mentioned um but it's also what you just said i want to be able to go out to eat and not have to worry about what i get just get whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, I want like, I want it to be one of those things where it's like just make sure she's not listening. Um I want it to be one of those things where it's like one day I'm just like, "Hey, to my mom, I'm like, hey, I'm paying off your car debt. I'm paying off your house. I'm buying your house from you. Take the yeah. money, go retire, do whatever you want." To be able to just be like, "Here, take this. It, you know, it's that kind of stuff, right? It's it's to hopefully one right. day for my, you know, future wife, future children, all that to be like, "Hey, look, like you don't have to worry." It's like this is one area that you're not going to have to worry about. Dude, I want that so bad. That's what I'm aiming for. My wife is just to be like, first off, she wants to work, but I just want to be able to be like, hey, 
you don't have to work anymore. You know, I always see myself as working, but you know, for her, sure. just it's, to, yeah, it's so freeing. But like, there's so much um, freedom and less of a stress. Exactly. Involved with being financially um, free. And and this is the thing. And I I've seen this go around on social media where people kind of get annoyed about people talking about their wins in the stock market. And they're like, well, if you're going to do this, share the information or whatever. It's like, it's not that easy. It's no, not as it's not, it's not as easy, easy as being like, hey, bro, make sure you buy this number of shares in this specific company. It's like, you, first of all, it's kind of illegal um, yep. depending on who you are. Like, and you it's risky too. Yeah. And and it, it's like, I've told this, I've, I have given information to people, but I, I'm, <laughs> I always do two things. I'm like, first of all, this isn't financial advice. Also, this is you like I'll tell you what I'm doing and I'll give you sort of maybe a direction to go in like hey like someone was asking me about uh, was asking me about Bitcoin which is a little more like there aren't really financial regulations about what you can and can't tell people about mm-hmm. that unlike the stock market um, and I was like hey El Salvador just you know became the first country to accept it uh, as a currency like an actual currency um, that's great that's really good news good news usually drives the price up it might be a, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that in my mind would be a good time to potentially enter the market or, uh, you know, whether it's your first time or to, you know, add on to your position. Um, but I can't, I can't be like, I can't give you detail. I can't do any of that because you have to look into it. You have to have conviction in the things that you're doing. And that's the same, no matter oh, yeah. what, what your side hustle is, no matter what your job is. Uh, the things that you're passionate about, the things that are helping you make money, you have to have conviction in that stuff. And um, if you're just looking for a quick buck, the stock market is not for you because it will clap you so hard, you will never yep. want to get back into it. So, um, yeah, I'll skip the other you're clip. Exactly right. It's I mean, basically the same thing. So, yeah, that's fine. Did you have anything else? This is just add? a funny clip that we have have next. But no, I think I think that's pretty much it. You nailed it. I, man, I, listen, if you're out there, I don't, I, whoever you are and you're listening to this and legitimately you feel stuck, the stock market is like crypto, the stock market, all of that, it is a potential way for you to get out of that. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to uh, sacrifice certain things, whether that's, you know, not buying video games on release, whether that's, you know, cutting back on going out to eat or going to the, whatever know, the bar or whatever the case may be. Yeah, it, it, it happens. And that's how you save money. That's how you're able to put money in. And it's going to take time. You have to learn. You have to do all that. But it can be so... I, I mean, Chris, he... So back when AMC first did sort of a, a, a small gamma squeeze back in January, the money mm-hmm. that... And, and he's been investing significantly longer, and that's something people need to understand with this story, but right. he took his his play off of AMC and was able to buy a Lambo in cash because of what he did. And because he's finance... Because of his ability... his uh, Over time, his ability to go through the stock market and make all the plays that he has, he was just able to do that. He's like, I bought it in cash and I went home with it. Mm. You know? And that... And, you know, it's like... It, it starts with pay off your debt, put yourself financially in a good situation, put money into your savings so that you can take care of other things that come up. 
all of the, you know, it's, it's that kind of sacrifice at first and dealing with the most important things and eventually getting to the place where it's like, you have money to play with. You have money that it's like, man, I don't want to work this nine to five job anymore. I have enough invested in dividends or in whatever the case may be that I can, I can go and do whatever. Leave. But again, it takes due diligence. Yeah. It takes time. You have to, to actually do the work. Exactly. And that's like really doing the work. Unlike what a lot of people say in mainstream. So, all right. So Speaking let's of lunacy. Uh, yeah. Mainstream <laughs> lunacy. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to find this clip. I, there I it is. saw this and I thought it was funny, man. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. Play this clip for us. I just, I'll just, I'll just say a quick thing. We can get into our main topic. Okay. Well, <laughs> it, it has to do with our main topic, I think. So, yeah. Uh, it's loading. There we go. Okay. Ready? Oh, unmuting. Unmuting. Here we go. Nearfield Village, where John Rahm has been forced to withdraw after testing positive for COVID-19. He was informed about the positive test following his round, and his round was absolutely spectacular. Eight under 64, having a six-shot lead going into Sunday, and now he has been forced to withdraw. Getting the news there from the PGA Tours uh, medical official. And you have to feel absolutely gutted for John Rahm. He was on his way to winning back-to-back -back Memorial Tournaments, looking to become the just the second player ever to do so, joining Tiger Woods. So John Rahm, testing positive for COVID-19, has been forced to withdraw from the tournament. He was leading the tournament at 18 under par. <laughs> uh, Man. So. What a bunch of jerks. Cost that dude millions and millions of dollars right there. And there's a couple things that are interesting about it, right? Just from stuff that I've heard, so take it for what it is. He was asymptomatic. The tests have generally been proven to be like, eh, you know, like maybe you Aldi. need to, yeah, like, also, he was six points higher than the person below him. Like, he probably would have yep. won. I mean, he was obviously the, the favorite to win. Um Unless he did a massive choke, he was probably going to win. Yeah. Why couldn't they have just let him put a mask on? He's already social distanced from everyone but his caddy, right? He could probably caddy for himself. It can't be that. It can't be that hard. I mean, yep. I've only played golf like once or twice, but I think I caddied for myself. <laughs> I remember correctly. Why not I've caddied for myself my entire life? Isolate him. Don't let anybody else touch the ball. Whatever the case may be, he clearly wasn't yeah. sick. But they're like, no. And I can't help but think. That it was on, like, so, it was almost like someone put out a hit on him. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, just took him out of the turn. him out. Yeah. I got money on someone else. <laughs> if, if this if this was a story or some sort of movie or something, that's exactly what would have been the case. So, dude, these people are crazy, man. These people are crazy. This poor dude. They've, they've just absolutely dumb, man. They've lost it. And like, man. this has to be a different timeline. I'm telling you, just, oh, man, how crazy infinite fanatical on both sides now, uh, but that people are in regards to this you know so speaking just, on, just, speaking of crazy and fanatical something else that we're about a week behind on but it's not really that big of a deal right um right <laughs> do you remember who released the emails because okay so that's something that i think needs to be completely cleared up is that so fauci's emails were released they were not leaked the government actually released his emails. Um, yes. 
That's why, because they found them on the server, and that's why Hillary Clinton did her little, you know, bleaching everything and, you know, all that Listen, stuff. Listen, she may be crooked as they come, but she was at least smart enough to delete stuff that would incriminate her. Oh, man. Yeah, right. So. Oh, Fauci. And here's the thing, and, and he's, to some degree, you have to respect the guy, like, he's come out and. He's kind of like doubled down on his position, which is really funny because you can kind of tell it's like we were talking about an animal being backed into the corner. You can kind of tell he's yeah. like he said something. I wish I clipped it, but he said something along the lines of if you if you don't believe me or you're attacking me, you're attacking science, you're attacking the truth. And you're like, he's done in the church. And and to some degree, I just want to say I called it. You know, remember when we were talking about the whole Texas situation? Yeah. And I was like, this doesn't sound like a guy who has any clue what's going on or what's happening or is actually in charge because he's not going there to see what the differences were and what the updated you know, things are. He tries to uh, backtrack a little bit with the whole, um, oh, science is changing, right? Which wasn't a thing right. until about a month ago or until these, these emails got released uh, last week. So I wanted to play this clip because it kind of sets up how all of this was going on. This is from May of last year, if I remember correctly. Let me make sure I've got the right clip. Okay. Um, this sh- uh, no, no, maybe this is the most re- this must be the most recent one that kind of explains uh, what was going on. So I'll play this and then uh, I've got a couple more to go along with it and we'll talk some more because I, I, I'm, I'm curious about uh, your opinion on all this. Here it is. Now, the focus on Dr. Anthony Fauci's view on where the virus started. That's after several news organizations obtained thousands of pages of Fauci's emails under the Freedom of Information Act from the first months of 2020, including one sent by Dr. Francis Collins, the head of the NIH. Its subject line, Conspiracy Gains Momentum linking to a story on a Fox News report suggesting COVID-19 leaked from a lab in Wuhan. Fauci's response? Blacked out. Many dismissed the idea of a lab leak in 2020, but it's now gaining momentum after a U.S. intelligence report that three researchers at that lab got sick weeks before China confirmed its first case. The emails also show the founder of an institute, EcoHealth Alliance, with ties to the lab, thanking Fauci for supporting the theory that COVID naturally developed. Some NIH funds aimed at collecting samples went to the Wuhan lab via EcoHealth. The Wall Street Journal writing in an editorial this morning, it's reasonable to ask why Dr. Fauci was slow to accept the possibility of a lab leak. Did you agree at that time in April of 2020 that the lab leak theory was a conspiracy theory? No, not necessarily at all. The the situation is that we didn't know and we still don't know what the origin is. Fauci, the nation's top infectious diseases doctor, now under fire from conservatives who suggest he didn't do enough to investigate where the virus originated. Okay. So what stands out to you right there? All right. What stands out to you right there before I get into this next one? No, you tell me. Are you, are you just asking for for something in particular, or no? no I just I'm 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 legitimately curious. Oh, uh, well, I just think it's funny how like back in the uh, when this all started, a bunch of people, credible doctors, were saying, you know, this seems odd that this naturally developed since one of the things they talked about is how every 
well, that I know of um, myself too. Every new disease, quote unquote, or every mutation of any type of virus um, always harms seniors and children the most because their immune systems aren't mature. Mm-hmm. This is the only one that particularly has only harmed seniors and those deemed burdens on societies, yeah. right? And so <laughs> it was very like coming out at first that you know, it seems likely this was lab created and then, you know, yeah, dismissed theory and stuff like that and and to be fair we don't know yet um yeah there's actually in the show notes there'll be some other stuff about that that joseph put in there that there, there's video in there that talks it, it gives a little more insight into them completely dismissing the lab leak theory mm-hmm. at the very beginning and then they're kind of uh taking that back and they're they're having to kind of like cover themselves when the right answer at the beginning would have been like we don't know we're going to look into it and it's going to take time that yeah. seems like a reasonable response to me they could have come out now and been like hey there actually is a possibility that china did this instead they went in the direction of if you call it the chinese if 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 you say that it was made in a lab in china or that it or originated in china you're a racist yeah, and Stop like, Asian you have the hate. Spanish flu, the Zika <laughs> virus from Brazil. Uh, you know, many diseases or viruses, I should say, have been named from their origin, right? From where they were first first located, not as a shade onto the people, just uh, so idiotic. The other thing that's uh, interesting about that ahead. clip is that Fauci said that he wasn't he wasn't sure, right? He had no idea. So this is something that's interesting and I I can't you you kind of you found that thing uh, with CNN and the only clip that I could find on YouTube from a year ago that has any sort of relevance to this um mm-hmm. is just quotes from let's see, this is uh one of the mainstream companies I think ABC or something like that but this is something from last year and these are quotes from Fauci so I wanted to play this just listen, people make up your own mind about whether this guy is trying to fool people or not, but I don't know. I have my opinions about yeah. it. Same. There we go. We turn now to the accusations that China covered up the extent of the virus outbreak early this year. The Trump administration has also linked the virus to a lab in Wuhan. Now, Dr. Anthony Fauci is addressing the issue. ABC's Alex Brashe has more. This morning, Dr. Anthony Fauci is shooting down theories that the coronavirus was man-made. He tells National Geographic everything about the stepwise evolution over time strongly indicates that this virus evolved in nature and then jumped species. Fauci added he does not believe another theory that the virus occurred naturally but was accidentally released into the public from a lab in China telling Nat Geo that means it was in the wild to begin with. That's why I don't get what they're talking about. It He seems pretty confident right there, doesn't he? Yep. Oh, very confident. And, you know, Trump was probably getting his sources, you know, he has intel and everything like that, so. Yeah. And he, he had said something last year, Trump did, about being like, someone asked him about it, and he's like, oh, I can't tell you. Like, I'm not allowed to tell you or whatever, which I guess is fine or whatever, you know, governments being secretive and, and whatnot. But right. 
those quotes from Fauci seem very different than his attitude towards what's going on now where he goes, oh, we don't know. We're still we're looking into it. We have to make sure that we have the correct answer. Whereas a year ago, they're like, no, it's impossible. It it's definitely wasn't uh, man made. It was definitely from something natural. Uh, and just and we keep talking about this, but they just keep moving the goalposts, right? They keep yeah. uh, coming up with things, and that's all it is. It's just rehash of what we've talked about in in other episodes as well of what he does. You know, he says one thing out of one cheek, and then uh, says another out of, out of the other cheek. Yeah. Do you do you want to hear from the White House? On this whole yeah, situation, let's hear from the White House. I think I think this is kind of interesting too. Um, just you know, it's it's a couple different places that are giving their opinions about what's currently going on. I I just kind of find it interesting. You get all sides of the story rather than only listening to CNN or ABC or you know whoever or Fox News. Okay, so this is Jim Psaki, who I I mean if 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 we were to to say who is controlling the narrative as far as what the white like the narrative the white house is giving or what they're saying is like official information you would probably agree that it comes from her yes if it's not directly from biden it's probably coming from her and she is at least more lucid than he is so you know she can put a sentence together without confusing syria and libya so there's that (laughs) (laughs) we'll probably talk about that next week uh all right here we go to the emails with Dr. Fauci. Um, there was an exchange between um, Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci referencing um, a Fox News report uh, discussing it basically the lab leak as a, um, a conspiracy. Collins denied, you know, jumping to conclusions and um, he asserted that his mention of conspiracies was referring to the thought, the rumor that uh, the virus was engineered, bioengineered as a weapon. Um, is that the position of the administration and their top health experts that this was not engineered uh, or is that still an open question and part of this review? Well, I think we've spoken to this pretty extensively from here. Let me just say on Dr. Fauci and his emails, he's also spoken to this many, many times over the last, over the course of the last few days and we'll let him speak for himself. Um, and he's been an undeniable asset in our country's pandemic response. But it's obviously not that advantageous for me to relitigate the substance of emails from 17 months ago. Uh, we've launched, uh, based on the president's direction, uh, an entire uh, internal review process uh, to uh, use all of the resources across government to get to the bottom of the origins. Uh, and that's a 100-day process, and we'll look forward to providing more when that, or 90 days, sorry, when it's concluded. Can you speak at all? That was... The official statement, I guess, from the White House on yep. what's going on right now. Yeah, she is not as good as uh, Kelly McKinney. No, I know. No, no. Like night and day. It, yeah, it's like Kelly is LeBron James and or Caitlin. Is that Caitlin? Uh, Mac- Caitlin? McEnany. Well, McEnany. Cat- what was her first name? Cat- <laughs> oh, crap. Her last name's definitely McEnany, which is... <laughs> yeah. You'd think that would be the, the part you'd have trouble with. But yes, so the previous... Um, what is she? The press secretary? So the Trump's yes. last press secretary of like the five that he had. 
Kaylee. Kaylee. McKinney. Kaylee. Yes. Yes. Make Kaylee. Make. I think McKinney? it's Ma- McEnany. I McEnany? think it, I think it's actually McEnany. Yeah, I think that's how you say. Let's it. just go with that. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, and Jen is like you know someone in the NBA D League. Yeah. Um, they're developmental league. <laughs> I don't. She just. Oh man. You know she has her notebook. She sticks to that. If she doesn't have it, she clearly was deflecting. And you're like, how does that? She give- doesn't seem well prepared. Maybe she is well prepared, and, but and they just tell her to deflect everything. But she doesn't ever. She hardly answers anything genuinely. It just. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's uh, because they don't have they don't have anything genuine to tell anyone. Yeah, you know, at, at the very. Le- I mean, because Kaylee basically spent all of her time uh, defending these head-on attacks from the press, and Jen is just sitting there like. Uh well, and she said uh a lot. She's like uh yes, well uh you know they've spoke on this before. Uh, Fauci spoke on this. Uh, it's like they're not asking Fauci what is the official opinion of the White House on what's going on with this situation. You know y'all are supposed to be leaders. So I I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I think the whole the whole thing is a little bit suspect you know the entire narrative has changed it's like you were saying they've it, it's weird it, it, they've almost not just moved the goal the goalpost away but they've moved the direction in which it's going so you get yes. uh before it was it was like no it, it's basically anything that came out of the trump administration or anything that came out of that that went against the the current narrative, right? Whether that's, Hey, is there a potential for a lab leak? And they're like, no, it's a conspiracy theory. Now it's like, well now uh, uh, we don't know. Like it, it might be, it might not. Mm-hmm. We're doing investigations. It's like everything they're saying now seems like what they should have been saying a year ago. Then, right. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. And then there's all this stuff that's been coming out recently uh, where like hydroxychloroquine and uh, ivermectin and some of these other medicines that were completely thrown under the bus as far as the potential to help ease uh, COVID without having to get a vaccine, that there might... We knew beforehand because there had had been information out there where people were like, I was given these Mm -hmm. things, zinc, um, hydroxychloroquine, you know, all this stuff, and it worked. It helped me, and everyone was like, no, because if you drink bleach, you'll die, and you're like, why is that... Trump didn't yeah. say that. No, he didn't. He never said any of that stuff. It, it's it's insane to even even think that 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 was a case. You can go back and listen to those things. Not that anyone yep. is, and it's clear when someone brings that up. That's like you really never listened to what he said, did you? Um, nah. Nor he, do you want to. You no. already have your. Again, you can dislike somebody you want to, but at least uh, listen to them. Right. I do that with uh, Biden. You know. When, I don't care for Biden and then other and other people just use an example. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but yeah, man, I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how all of this ends up playing out. And again, I'm really I'm really curious to be able to sit down with some of my more my more liberal friends and be like, I just want to know the headspace you're in right now. 
I want to know where yeah, I like, right. I, I'm not going to give you my opinions. You know, I'm not going to try to push back on anything you say. I just want to know what you're thinking right now. Like legitimately, you're honest, the, the truth as far as what you're seeing, like your worldview on everything that's happening right now. I, I'm legitimately curious. And if anybody's listening out there and, and you kind of have more of that worldview, like I want to know, I, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to see what's going on because it, it does sort of seem like Kamala Harris in particular, that the left is definitely sort of turning on her. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they finally kind of figured out that she's an authoritarian cop who has no interest in any illegal activities or supporting those things. Yeah. Um, All about power and money. What can yeah. benefit her? Man, what As was most of them are? You know, it was it was so funny because I was thinking about this on the way home. She uh, has, got booed in Guatemala. Yeah, she got booed in Guatemala. Home. She's like, no, don't come. Like all these things. And you just kind of look back to when she got elected and everyone's like, oh, someone who who isn't white is now in this position or whatever. And she's kind of a terrible human being, like like morally speaking, it seems like the Biden administration is making the wrong decisions, Uh, you know, between them droning Syria, I think what a week after he got into office the the stuff on yeah yeah, the stuff on the border uh getting worse economy getting worse everything yeah every dude i'm actually seeing the effect of grocery prices you know how you like sometimes they say that stuff and you go i can barely tell a difference it's gotten to the point now where i'm like these groceries are significantly more expensive than they were even a year ago during the pandemic i'm seeing it too and i've already already live an expensive place for groceries so yep and oil prices, trying to get gas is insane. I think that's up like 60%, maybe higher than that. Yeah. Um, the numbers seem to change every day because they keep going up. Uh, I uh, I read an article recently about the stock market potentially having a massive correction uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. No no one's sure exactly when that's going to happen. Um, I posted that in our, our personal Discord. And uh, it's kind of an interesting read because... That's uh, we might we might be looking at another like mini recession within the next year. Oh, yeah. Um, Easily. Yeah. Obviously, we're still going to be here and we're going to be talking about all this stuff. We're not going anywhere, but I don't know. I uh, I feel like we'll get through this together. (laughs) Better together. Build back better, Joseph. (laughs) You don't need to own anything. Um, What I'm trying to say is. I, I and I think this is something I'm going to be talking about with people in my personal life, and uh, you can tell mm-hmm. you can kind of tell me about your your opinion after I say this because I'm I'm working this through in my head a little bit. I think I'm going to push just a little bit harder with like family and friends and some other people to really start <laughs> to start my dog sneezing, um, to really start saving and really start putting money away and really start kind of like hunkering down, um, even if you're not going hardcore at it right now. Um, Mm. just again, going back to kind of what we were talking about with the whole stock market thing, just start thinking about your future and putting money away and, you know, trying to find other means to make money because I mean, recessions aren't good. And if you don't go in prepared for it, you're going to get caught with your pants down in the middle of winter and it's not going to be good. Um, yep. and, and that was something I was thinking about kind of reading through 
some stuff today about the stock market because that's kind of the stock market is kind of an indication of where the U.S. economy is headed. And um, right. if they're thinking it's going to hit a crash, you know that potentially will bring a pop to the uh, the retail or not the retail the um, the housing market. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, that's not good because you know if someone buys a house today for what like four hundred k or something like that. You might see a drop to three, maybe even cut completely in half, uh, depending on how bad it is and how bad the correction is. Um, yep. And you know, you I should, wouldn't be buying a house right now. No, personally. I it, it, honestly, because I've thought well, about I mean, it. Kind of, it kind of depends. On one hand, if you can pay cash for one, it'd be a good investment, right? Right. Because it's going to go back up, right? And 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 you can get your money out of the stock market for the crash and put it in retail. Yep. Um, or real estate, I meant real, real estate. And, you know, that way you kind of, you, you can, you can also, if you play it right, you can potentially put it into puts and play the market on the way down and make money because mm-hmm. the, uh, the economies, you know, and, and this is the thing people don't, yep. don't quite understand is like, there's still plenty of room to make money within the market when everything's, when red. there's a recession, Yeah, you just gotta know what you got. You well, just have to know what to do. Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, like gener- like genuinely, um, I think both of us want the best for for the people that we know, the people that listen to the show, anything like that. Um, and I mean, we're just trying to do what we can to to make sure people have the information that we think is kind of pertinent to the week or whatever happens to be going yeah. on. And I don't know, it's kind of sappy, but the whole AMC thing's got me sort of in this uh, in that mood. I think so. You got anything else to add before we close out? No, no I agree with you. That's it. Well, cool. Um, oh, oh! Before we go, uh, do you know who's coming to uh, my church next week? Have, we, have I told you about this? No. Who's take, coming? Take a while. Like, if you were to think of someone who would come as a guest speaker that is very well known, right? And they were coming to speak at a church. Who do you think it would be? Like, we're th- we're talking like like well well known not just like well known within christian communities but like joel osteen no joel osteen think think stephen furt no think wider than just like christian circles is a christian but wider than christian circles tim tebow yep (laughs) so i'm gonna talk about it next week i think it's i think that's that's good content Cause I'm curious to okay, see, let's do it. I, I don't think I, I've never really been super, I think we've talked about it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I, he has opinions that I disagree with, but I'm curious to see, cause he's preaching. He's straight up going to preach next week. So I'm, I'm uh, curious to see, I'm curious to see what's going to happen there. But, uh, so look forward to that. Everybody we will talk about it next week. Uh, thank you guys again for listening. Thank you for your support in any way that you guys are giving it. Um, you know, don't forget that you can, can find us on social media. You can donate, uh, to the show. Everything will be in the show notes from, from this week. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, whatever the case may be, uh, just, you know, hit us up. We, we love to talk. Uh, we're not afraid of a little bit of conflict or a little bit of, uh, intense conversation. So, uh, thank you guys again. And, uh, we'll see you next time. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. Politics ruins everything. 
tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort, so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, force men, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and latch to nonsense, cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person, and politicking is bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. It's a beautiful thing too. Uh. Hold up. Yeah. Hey, hey. Looking at the technological advances. I used to be on dial-up looking for answers. Now what underappreciating was candid. And 20 years later, we got computers that hand fit. Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros. Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe. Used to go through a label if you trying to blow. Now people got more options on the table, got a post. Social media got us connected as ever on every medium. Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious. Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate. Cause idiots get heebie jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you. Try to ruin your whole life cause you say what they dislike. God forbid y'all disagree without a fight. The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trifle subject, your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated. And now you pay it forward, let people make your blood boil. Emotions firing like microwave for you or the oil, they annoy you. You add another's neck for the wrong reasons. Election years now seeming like full blown seasons. Man, you let politics ruin, or rather, control. Your whole life, man, you gonna be a miserable person. Straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors. Sad.